Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sneaky Sports Podcast, Season 3, Episode number 73 on this Tuesday, September 28th, 2021. Frank and Nick, how are you guys doing today? Doing all right. Uh, I can't say we had a victory Monday, so... Oh, we never had a victory Monday. (laughs) No. We're like 0-6 now uh, this season, the Jets and Giants. And also, what? This is like how many years in a row of this? Or at least a a 1-2 start. At least a 1-2 start. but A lot in a row. Six, we'll we'll talk about five. New York football today. We'll, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get into some New York football talk. It might have to be a weekly, you know, segment on Mondays because it feels like every week both teams lose and and it just gets more embarrassing by the week. But we'll also talk about the LA Rams and are they the best team in the NFC? We'll get into which rookie quarterback are we most concerned about, you know, so far through the first three weeks of the season. We'll also talk about Bill Belichick and are we, you know, are we already getting ready to panic about the Patriots and their one and two start? We'll also talk about the Washington football team and their defense falling off a cliff this season. They're ranked 31st in the National Football League. We'll get into some NBA topics like Doc Rivers and the 76ers teammates begging Ben Simmons to return to Philadelphia. And whether the Nets, you know, should trade Kyrie Irving or not due to his vaccination status. Because as of right now, he will not be able to play in the Brooklyn Nets home games this season. So... That's obviously a big, you know, talking point, and we'll get into some talk to us Tuesday questions as always. So without further ado, let's dive on in. And we begin today's episode with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, they beat the Bucks 34-24 yesterday. They looked really impressive. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford balled out 27-38, 343 yards and four touchdown passes with zero INTs. Um you know, I know I was going up against him in fantasy football, and he was causing havoc. Um, and you know, Deshaun Jackson had that 75-yard touchdown and could have had more. I mean, two of them were overthrown or underthrown by Stafford, I should say. So, you know, Deshaun Jackson may be getting back to that, you know, Philadelphia d because, I mean, he, he looked pretty scary yesterday. And, you know, Stafford obviously looked great other than those two missed throws. Sean McVay, you know, seems to be a coach of the year candidate yet again. And the Rams seem to be clicking on, you know, all cylinders. And I want to add in Cooper Cup's a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. I also heard yesterday. That is such an overreaction. That is such an overreaction. I don't think so. Is he? No, it's guys. Okay. I'll name 10 receivers better than Cooper Cup right now. Okay. I actually want to. Okay. 10 receivers. What do you mean? I'm curious. It's so easy. Well, I'm basing it off this year too. Like. He's I mean, this is a guy who's had like a thousand yards the past two years. He's okay, had but a thousand yards. How many receivers have a thousand yards? Like thirty. Okay, but, he, but like, and then this is his breakout year. Yeah, he like, finally has the quarterback now that unlocked him. Okay, so the, let's go the, over them. Is DeAndre Hopkins better than Cooper Cup? Yes, I think we. Have, is I mean, Michael we Thomas better than Cooper? But it's not an overreaction to say he's on the Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson tier. I don't think that's but an the Adam Thielen tier is like top fifteen, at least in my opinion. Okay, I think that's more of a top fifteen. If he if he keeps this up. He's going to be a top 15, top 10 receiver by the end of this year. He's and it's not even a question. I would say top 15. Okay. I mean, he finally has a good quarterback too for the first time in his career. But he, dude, he looks like, he looks like Randy Moss. I saw a graphic where Is they compared, elite? you know, Stafford and Cups at Randy Moss and Brady, which I mean, it's, it was pretty funny because I mean, what Cooper Cup has what, 400 yards in three games? I mean, yeah, it's been what, fantastic. Five, four or five, five touchdowns. Touch, I think yeah. five touchdowns. Five yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, and I but heard Frank, something that's not, cool. that's not enough to put him in the top 10 level yet. That's well, not based enough. off this season. He's he's the best receiver in football. If we're just basing it off based this off game, this season, but how long has this season been? It's been three games. It's pretty irrelevant to talk well, about that. I don't know. I mean, based off what we've seen, it's not like 
Based off what we've seen, it's been three games. Okay, but it's been three good games. Like, are you watching something no, different for me than the no, Rams? Look, yeah, look, said, don't get me wrong. 10-plus targets in every week. I mean, it seems like Don't get me wrong, but you think, we, you think uh, we evaluate receivers based off of that short of a sample? If he does it for 17 games, then, you know, sure, I'll give it to him. But he yeah, has but to do it for a long, a long period of time. He was always a very good receiver. He was always solid, but top 10 is an overreaction. Top 20 is not. Top 20, he's like the OBJ tier, Adam Thielen. No, you don't think OBJ had 80 yards in his return. He looks pretty know, solid. but Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup's pretty, he, he does that. He's Cooper, doing Cooper that. Cup's but the Rams are in a pass-heavy offense. Remember, the Rams are in a pass-heavy offense. because Okay, but we can't uh, take that away from him. A lot know, of the receivers are in pass-heavy offenses. Agreed, but OBJ is not in a pass-heavy offense Well, yeah. Cleveland. Yeah, definitely. And he's still, but I would say pretty well. I mean, based he this year he's better than Calvin Ridley. He's been better than DK Metcalf. Like, you think like, um, just in in the grand scheme of things, he's better than Ridley. I think after this season, we'll we'll rate him that way because I think Possibly. he's going to keep this up. I mean, like I but the based on situations, I, I wanted to bring up though was that Cooper Cup goes in early, and they him and Matthew Stafford like watch film and eat breakfast together at the Rams facility, and that kind of initiated this breakout season, and we finally seen. John McVay's offense now with untapped potential, you know, with an actual quarterback in there because Jared Goff's been really holding them back for a while. Um, but it, it's a great sight to see. And we just did power rankings before this. And, the, you know, the Rams are the best team in football. I mean, and one. it's not even oh, close. Um, guys, who picked the Rams this week? I'm sorry. Yeah, that was a good pick. It was a good pick. I mean, the good, good thing is, though, we were all really high on the Rams coming into this year, but you didn't pick the Rams to win the division, did you? I didn't. No, no, I, I didn't. Yeah, because you guys I love your Niners, Niners and your Seahawks. No, I, I um, picked the Rams. No, Frank picked the Rams. I picked I had the Rams, the Rams as well, did I not? Yeah, you did. I, I 100% picked the Rams. Okay, yeah. look, but the Buccaneers are still winning the NFC, so that's besides the point. I don't so know, let's talk about that. Close. Who's I mean, the best team, Bucks or Rams? The Rams are better right now. No, Rams are better right now. I've said I've said it the whole season, It's or the whole offseason. It's going to be close to see who can win. I could see either team winning. It's an overreaction to say that Rams are better than the Bucs. The Bucs will beat them in the postseason. Mark my words. We're going to go back to this. I'm going to clip this. And the Bucs I wouldn't be will beat the Rams. But I, can't, I just can't guarantee it. I mean, the Rams are a really talented team. And they're well coached. The Rams are. But I, I really question their ability. I, I still am really uncertain about Matthew Stafford in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll get, we'll get you know, a good Sean McVay in the postseason has been kind of, other than that one Super Bowl run, he's been kind of mad. I mean, in the postseason, but yesterday was kind of like a playoff type game in SoFi. Like it was, a it, big, was it was a playoff type atmosphere, but the playoffs are a different breed, man. I mean, especially going up against the Brady. Here's, here's the thing we got a 17 game season, and the Rams are going to probably have to play two playoff games where they play the Bucks if they don't get the one seed, right? So it's going to be really interesting to see how they respond to adversity throughout the year because they're not going to go 17 and 0. They're going to lose a game or two. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from that and if they can continue to play at a high level like they have coming out of the gates. So, I mean, obviously it's super early to tell what's going to happen, but yeah, I, this, these are the two best teams in the NFC. I think the Rams do have the slight edge right now, though. They're just But it so seems talented. like the Rams are getting whatever they want, though, right now. And that was against like a good defense. And I get that the mm-hmm. secondary of the Bucs is banged up, but they were getting whatever they want. And that's what, I, that's what I was getting to. Like the, the Rams, it's not about what they have. It's about what the Bucs don't have. And what the Bucs don't have is a secondary right now. They've just been really bad. They just they were not able to cover any of those Rams players yesterday, and they have a lot of injuries now. I see Scotty Miller's hurt. Um, a lot of players in the secondary are hurt. So Gronk kind of even suffered an injury. Too. Jamal Dean and Giovanni Bernard. On yeah, the Bernard, Bernard yeah. Jamal Dean. They got a lot of players banged up right now. So I don't know, but Graf, like you said last postseason, we cannot count out the goat. No, I'm, I'm not goat. counting him out. I agree. I think th- I just think it's 50-50 right now based on who wins. I think the Packers are a step below. I think the Cardinals and Niners are a step below. But these are the two top dogs by far. 
Yeah, and Stafford confirmed he's a top 10 quarterback. The fact that people 100%. on TikTok thought that Goff was, you know, around the same tier as Stafford was a joke. Stafford is out of, he's not even in the same league as Jared Goff. Not well, how about on Jared Goff's bottom five, Stafford's top 10. I got, I got flamed on Instagram for having Stafford on my list you over did. Ryan Hill. Oh my God. Ryan and oh yeah, Frank had, Frank had 10 Hill over Kyler Murray yeah. and Herbert. Can Come we talk on. about that? Come on, Matt Stafford is a top 10 quarterback. He might be the MVP of the league right now. He's well, he's not better than quarter. Herbert or Kyler, though. I don't think so. It's close. Uh, Kyler obviously brings a whole different dimension with his uh, I had Tannehill at number 10, though. So I have Stafford at 10 now. I, I think Carr's I had better Tannehill than Tannehill. Tannehill. I'm sorry. Carr's better than Tannehill now, too. Carr might be top 10. Carr's Carr might be better than, than Stafford. Well, is Stafford another or Carr guy having a huge season so far. I think Stafford at the end of the season is going to be what? Easily top three in MVP voting. And if the Rams win the NFC oh, and they're the number Carr one team. He wins it. But so Carr or Stafford, though? But, uh, yeah, oh, but is Carr's Stafford. team going to win 14 games? No. And you know, I don't think so. But if they win 11 games, I think that he'll be in the MVP conversations because of the expectations coming into the season. It'll be, I don't know if they will win 11 games. It'll be interesting to see well, if they keep it up this year. Fair enough. Agreed. But let's move on now to some rookie quarterbacks. I mean, it's just mind boggling and, you know, shaking my head. I mean, these, these quarterbacks have really underperformed. Trevor Lawrence, the first overall pick down in Jacksonville, has had a rough start to the season. 669 yards so far, five touchdowns, seven picks, and a 23 QBR, ranks 30th in the NFL. Then the second overall pick here in New York, we have Zach Wilson, played three games so far, obviously, 628 yards, two picks to seven touchdowns. Touchdown and interception ratio is terrible. No, no, seven interceptions. Seven interceptions, picks. sorry. Right. 22.1 yeah, QBR, 31st in the league. Then we had Justin Fields, who made his first start yesterday and got absolutely manhandled. The offensive line as well got sacked nine times. He's thrown one pick so far through one and a half games, 138 yards, and he's last in the NFL in QBR with a he had a 7.1 QBR from the you know the game That's and a half crazy. that he played. And then Mac Jones hasn't been really impressive either. Um, through two picks th- this past week, has a 52.3 QBR, 22nd in the NFL. But they've been very conservative with Mac, you know, in New England. So which rookie quarterback guys are you most concerned about? For me, it's Zach Wilson, and I'll get into it later. But I think all these quarterbacks have similar, you know things besides Mac Jones, they, they're in really bad situations and the coach isn't putting them in good situations to succeed. And that's why I think they're failing. I don't think they're failing because they're not talented. I think they're being put in awful situations, you know, in situations to fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, uh, the obvious choice here is Justin Fields. I'm really not concerned about Trevor Lawrence. I've watched him play probably the most out of all these quarterbacks and like a lot, like I just, I just have my head. I remember the one interception, the tight end basically handed the ball to the defense and you know, yeah. that, that's killer. But as you said, they're all in awful situations. I get it. Fields was sacked a lot, but he's a guy that I was concerned a lot about coming into the draft. And like, really, he just hasn't helped his case at all. He threw for 68 yards yesterday and I get it. The offensive line was bad, but like at some point you need to hold them accountable. That was not a good performance. He hasn't looked very accurate. Um, you know, he wasn't great against the Bengals either. They won that game solely because Joe Burrow threw three picks. He's He's been to say the least really bad so far. And, you know, maybe that's not all his fault, but that's, you know, you have to roll with it, you know, like, you can't you can't change your situation now so i'm very concerned about justin fields i think matt Nagy called an awful game um their offensive line is in shambles right now and he just has zero chance to succeed this year yeah no it's tough for me i was debating between wilson and fields but i'm gonna have to go with fields because seven qbr guys i mean the second lowest zach wilson is at 22 so that just mm-hmm. tells you right there in a little picture that he's playing really damn bad like He's he's just putting up half the production. I mean, I know QBR is a, a very flawed stat, to be fair. But, I mean, just 
68 yards, six completions yesterday. And I get the situation part of it, but let's not act like Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are in, they're in worse situations. I would argue Chicago has the best situation because at least they have a wide receiver one and Allen Robinson, David Montgomery has looked pretty solid so far. And you know, the offensive line obviously is bad, but I wouldn't say it's worse than the Jets or Jaguars offensive line in Matt Nagy is the it, Matt Nagy. The I have, problem. I have a real yeah. problem with him, but fields hasn't helped this case. Six completions in an NFL game, that, that's inexcusable. I don't care how bad the situation is. If, if, you're not, if you're not at least completing 15 passes, there's something wrong with both the quarterback and the situation. And then, like, what, nine sacks? You gotta, I feel like the sacks aren't all the offensive line's fault. If you're getting sacked nine him. times, it's mm-hmm. got to be on you some of the times. Because Andy Dalton got sacked four and a half times. Yeah. Andy Dalton didn't get sacked nine times versus the Rams, you know? And let's talk about how Andy Dalton actually has played better than Justin Fields so far. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. In the, in the Bengals game, he looked phenomenal, Andy Dalton. Justin Fields comes in, plays a subpar game, and gets bailed out by Joe Burrow's three picks. And then, you know, on Sunday um, versus the Browns, he, he plays terrible. So I think, you know, Justin Fields is the guy I'm panicking about most. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, for me, it's Zach Wilson, but I want to talk quickly about Justin Fields because Matt Nagy is putting him, like I said, in a situation to fail. Um, they have no trust and confidence in Justin Fields. And I get that that offensive line is bad, but it, you know, that you're running the ball, you're losing to Cleveland. You know, they, they also Cleveland missed two fourth downs early on in that game. And Chicago was winning at 1.3 to nothing. No confidence in Justin Fields running the ball. The offensive line is bad, so why not have quick passing game? You have Allen Robinson, you have Mooney, you have that young tight end Cole Komet. Implement a quick passing game. Justin Fields at sometimes was holding on to the ball too long, and you know that that offensive line is not going to be able to handle that Browns pass rush. So get the ball out of the kid's hands quickly. You know, he wanted Justin Fields, and he's had him on his team since when? April when the draft happened? He's had all this time to prepare for when Justin Fields was going to make his Bears debut. And sure, he might not be ready, and they were saying that he wasn't ready. But, you know, the time came because Dalton got hurt, and – it seemed like Matt Nagy wasn't prepared whatsoever. So that's on Matt Nagy. And, you know, the fact that his key oh, to mention facility right, is right. mind-blowing. Not to mention that Matt Nagy now has not made his decision on his starting quarterback Sunday. Yeah, he said Nick, so Nick Foles. He's, heard he's, he's, Nick Foles is in the running to be the quarterback, which is ridiculous. Yeah. How do you let that happen as, as a, you know, a coach? You, you have no confidence in your QB1 who you just drafted you know, 15th or 11th overall, and they're going to be a bottom five team. So the Giants, on behalf of the Giants, we thank you guys for two top five picks this year. Uh, we really do appreciate but that. But Zach Wilson's been concerning too for me. Uh, listen, the, the Jets situation's bad, and I get it. But at the same time, some of the throws that he makes are just mind-boggling. And I know his receivers haven't been helping either. Corey Davis, who they signed, it, dropping passes. Elijah Moore, the rookie, who they had so much hype about also dropping passes. Denzel Mims can't even get dressed, uh, hasn't even been active. And, you know, Braxton Berrios is playing in the slot right now. No help at tight end. The offensive line has been miserable. But, you know, he's shown no flashes. I mean, we scored zero points against the Broncos. Like, zero. We didn't even score Even anything. the Giants scored 13. Yeah, but the like, Broncos have a, a good defense. Like, at least Zach Wilson, I can remember a few plays that he made. Justin Fields hasn't done any of that. Same thing Trevor Lawrence has made a few plays. Fields hasn't done any of that. It's just there's there's nothing to work with. Um, but the Jets don't even well, have like a, less games, a, to be fair. a veteran in the QB room. Like Zach Wilson's the only guy in the room that's thrown an NFL pass before. Like some of the well, things, yeah, just James Morgan. you know, they've set him up to fail. Drafting James Morgan, who's not even on the team anymore. Then their backup quarterback's Mike White. You know, Nick Mullins got released and he knows this system from San Francisco. 
I thought that was someone that they should have brought in or maybe even traded for Nick Foles. You need a veteran quarterback in that quarterback room to help the kid out, learn through his mistakes. But, you know, they, you know, they had, they spent $120 million in the offseason and they had 10 draft picks and they spent the first four round picks on offensive players to make this work and make this better. And it's still one of the worst three offenses in the NFL. And there's no excuse for that. There's none. There's none. That's why it's most concerning to me because it's stunting his development and growth. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I just, I, I still would pump the brake on the Jets a little bit because they're just so young and there's just so many pieces that, you know, are just unknown. But Justin Fields, man, he hasn't shown anything. That's it's the same with all back. these guys, though. I, I had to pick one. Like, if you're forcing me, forcing me to they've pick all one, shown something. Like, Fields, Mac Jones has made some good plays. Well, I, I think Mac Jones has been terrible. Fields hasn't Mac done Jones, any of that. But the Mac Jones is in the best situation, you know, out of all these guys. But, but, but Mac Jones, to be and fair, I Mac get Jones Josh McDaniels solid. sucks. I, I get Josh McDaniels has like limited him, but this guy, like Mac Jones, clearly isn't showing something. He isn't you showing enough yeah, flashes for exactly. them to unleash him more. Exactly. Maybe there's a reason they're not fully unleashing him yet. These rookie quarterbacks, everybody thinks they're just going to come in like Justin Herbert and be ready to throw 40 touchdowns right away. That's not the case. Justin Fields wasn't ready to play. It's clear as day he wasn't ready. You know, people keep saying, oh, unleash Fields, unleash this guy. These rookie quarterbacks aren't always ready to light up the league. Mac Jones isn't ready, and they're holding him back a little bit. And, you know, through the first two weeks, it worked. He played pretty mistake-free football. Obviously, last week, they played an elite defense, and he had a rough game. But, you know, Mac Jones will be fine. He's going to have a rough game this week. Oof. Yeah, yeah, people just need to pump the brakes on these guys, though. That's that's the issue. Everybody thinks they're just going to come in and light up the league, and that's just not the case. But the problem is, as a Jets fan, it's – it's the same old story because we get these new young rookie quarterbacks and we just destroy them. We destroyed Sam Darnold. Now we're destroying Zach Wilson. It's the same old scenario. And that's why fans are so quick to panic because now they're saying, look at Sam Darnold, look what he's doing when he's gone. It's not just, and it's a new coach, a new offensive coordinator. And I get it's three weeks, but this team looks worse than they did last year. Mm-hmm. And they spent 100, $120 million and they had 10 draft picks. Well, it's the same thing with the Giants new regime every year. And we'll get into that in a little bit. These teams in New York just can't figure it out. But um, let's move on now. We're going to be talking about Bill Belichick and the Patriots a little bit more. They're one and two. Um, they don't do that very often. Started the season one and two. Eight and 11 total without Tom Brady. That is a losing record, which they never had under Tom Brady. And, you know, they're playing the Bucks this week on Sunday Night Football. So, you know, are we, like, are we panicking about Bill Belichick? Like, what's the deal with him? Why can't they win games without Tom Brady? Oh, we're panicking about Bill Belichick because – it's the reason I picked the Saints this weekend. I just don't see how the Patriots will make the playoffs or for that matter, even win like seven games. I, I don't think this is a very good team. The offense, if they're not going to, you know, change anything, if Josh McDaniels will continue to run these same plays, they won't have much success. The defense has been top five, so they've been good, but it's really been the offense. It, it, that's really all you could say because the defense is number five in yards allowed per game. They've been solid. They've held up their own. Matt Judon's looked pretty good. I think he's had a sack in each of his you know, first three games. But this offense, if they're not going to change anything, they're going to be a bad football team. They're going to be a six-win team. And that's really all I could really say about this. And Bill Belichick, he made some comments about how Tom Brady, you know, he always knew Brady you know, could continue to play this well. No, he didn't. You were the one who forced him out of Foxborough. And, you know, now you're going to have to eat your words and now you're going to have to eat your actions because Brady's going to cook you on Sunday. He might win another Lombardi and you're going to be, you know, stuck in mediocrity for the next couple of years. Well, I mean, it was just a mistake. I mean, the whole story with Jimmy Garoppolo and he, you know, Brady then went to Kraft and was like, listen, like 
this is not going to happen. Like you got to trade Jimmy G because Belichick was trying to force him out. And I've heard some other things where Bill was kind of treating, you know, everybody else on the team, you know, Tom, like everybody else, but Tom's not like everybody else. You know, even when he was 35 years old, he didn't want to be treated like that. That's what Alex Guerrero, his trainer said, you know, you can't treat Tom like these 20 year olds. I mean, the guy's won all this stuff. He's been, you know, tremendous and has tremendous impact on the franchise. And listen, I love Bill Belichick. I think he's the best coach ever, but it is really scaring me now how this team, which does have talent and they spent a lot of money, this free agency, you know, should be a team, you know, competing at least for a somewhat of a wild card spot with, with the nine, you know, win team. But I mean, damn, they've been underperforming to say the least. And I think Josh McDaniels has something to do with that as well. Um, But there's probably a reason, like you said, Graf, that they're not unleashing Mac Jones because he's probably not ready yet. And um, maybe it was a mistake to not keep Cam around and start him this year because before COVID hit last year without any weapons, he was not playing that bad of football. He wasn't. Yeah, I, I can't say that Cam Newton was the answer either. I think they were in a really tough spot with the quarterback position. Uh, At I, least I think sit Mac for a year, though. At least sit him for a year. I guess, but then they had no, they had nobody to start. I really don't think Cam Newton was the option. I would, I would and just start Cam. I don't know. And then like going back to the whole Tom Brady thing, this team was just in a really bad spot when he left anyway. And I don't think keeping him around would have really helped them. Like they, like they would have won a few more games last year, sure, but they were not ready to compete for a title last year. So it, I don't know. Okay. I'm not ready to just completely rip apart Bill Belichick yet, but I guess we'll see. No, but I mean you're right because that Super Bowl after they won At against least the Rams, keep them like, around though. You could think about the offense, though, about the, you know, the Super Bowl after they beat the Rams. Who, who was it? Julian Edelman and James White. There was like nobody on that. And Sony Michelle, there was no, there was no weapons. And like they still won because of that defense. But mm-hmm. Belichick made that first mistake when he wanted to start Jimmy G over Brady. And then after that, it, it all kind of down fell from there. And, uh, you know, he's like Graf said, is this team, you know, winning a Super Bowl with Tom? I don't know about winning a Super Bowl, but I certainly think they're a playoff team with Brady even last year. And, you know, definitely, I mean, his impact is, you know, showed beyond anything beyond the numbers and everything you see the kind of atmosphere in, you know, in the locker room and stuff in Tampa Bay, how everyone talks about him so highly. I mean, there's a reason, you know, and it might be a 50, 50 split between Belichick and Brady, or even a 75, 25% split, the impact that Brady has on a team and the standards that he holds everyone to. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not like discrediting Belichick's like, you know, part in the six championships but the way he handled the situation was was beyond terrible i don't care if they weren't ready to win championships like last year and you know this year i guess if brady was you know still around but you still keep him around like why would you not want to have a top eight quarterback in like that makes no sense why would you not want to have a guy like tom brady around your team and now they have they've been been stuck with what cam newton and mac jones who have been yeah i mean that's fair terrible they definitely handled the situation poorly with Tom Brady. I think it was more disrespectful than anything. Um, how yeah, well, Tom's really- like 60 yards away from uh, the the yard record, and they play on Sunday Night Football. So Drew Brees going to watch him, you know, break that record. And then Bill. Well, you know what's well. actually pretty cool? Robert Kraft is definitely going to just put Brady's family in a suite there, and you know they're going to well, show. Of course, why? Why? Why would? Why would he? Not? But that's kind of like an fu to Bill Belichick in a sense, like you know. I, I agree. Family. Brady's family in the suite, a long, you know, like video of Brady with the Patriots and stuff. And, you know, they're he made a bad decision. And, you know, when Brady went to Kraft to go tell him to trade Jimmy G and, you know, that whole story kind of never really got too publicized. But, I mean, listen, it, it was a mistake. And Belichick's got to pay for it now because they're stuck in mediocrity, even though all that they spent all that money this free agency. 
Yeah, let me tell you something. Those fans better not boo on Sunday night. No, they that won't. Would, there's no chance. Brady's got it. No, him there's lost. no chance. There's no. Yeah, I think they love him, there. right? Like they yeah, still they like him. him. They, they think they, they little. They he's better. God there. He's God there. <laughs> you best believe they like him, dude. If they don't like, if they boo, if anybody boos, that is just sad. They won't. But, there's um, no way. Let's move on to the Washington football team right now. Um, I think it's safe to say after the first three weeks of the season that this defense has fallen off. Um, since last year, last year they were number three in total defense last season. You know. With the moves they made this off season two in the draft, um, you know they were thought to be at least in that top five conversation again, and many people had them jumping up to number one as the best defense in football. But it's actually been quite the opposite as they fell from number three, or they, as they fall in from number three to number thirty-one. I'm um, in total defense, so they've been one of the worst teams um, in football defensively, and only the Seahawks have been worse um, so far. And I mean, we know how bad the Seahawks have been on defense the past couple of years. So I don't know, man. It looks like this Washington football team has just fallen off like I predicted. I mean, I don't really mean to, you know, kind of rub it in right now, but I kind of do because it's the same thing that happened with the Jaguars in 2017. It's the same thing that happened with the, the Bears in 2018. And even to a certain extent, the Niners in 2019, where they got hurt. I mean, the injuries obviously played a huge deal in that but they missed the playoffs still the following year after making the Super Bowl. So now this is the fourth year in a row where a defense carries a team to a playoffs, a playoff berth, and then the following year they fall off a cliff entirely. And it's, it really doesn't surprise me, you know, at, at all, um, given how, you know, just the, the lifespan of a defense. And it's hard to be consistent defensively. I think that's the biggest thing that we have to touch upon. It's just hard to display consistency, no matter how, you know, what personnel you have. And, Last year, the Washington football team, let's just be honest, they were only good defensively last year because they, have, they played so many bad opponents. They played the Giants twice. They feasted on playing the Eagles twice with Andy you know, Jalen Hurts. And who was the court? Like, they Andy had on um, the Cowboys. Andy Dolan, the Cowboys twice, but also the Eagles I'm talking about with who got, who replaced Hurts the last game of the season? Oh, who replaced um, Hurts? Sudfeld, Sudfeld. Sudfeld. And then they play the Niners on week 16 with, um, who's the guy's name? Um, Nick Mullins, Mullins, Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins on week 16 or whatever. So they played a bunch of backup quarterbacks, Andy Dalton twice, Danny Dimes twice, um, the Eagles twice with their quarterback mess, the Niners once with their backup quarterback. So they just feasted on playing a bunch of bad offenses last year. So I don't want to hear it when it comes to this defense was, was good last year. They were only good last year because they played some really bad offenses and not to mention they hurt Joe Burrow. So that game, the backup quarterback for the Bengals was in there too. So they, how many backup quarterbacks did you have to play last season to be a top five defense? A lot is my answer. And I think this year they're no, they're no more than a top 15 defense in football. Yeah, but there's no reason why they're playing this bad. They still have a lot of talent on the defense. The defensive front is, you know, really elite. They have a lot of good pass rushers. But the secondary is overhyped, though, and it's been overhyped. They don't have much talent in the secondary. Well, no, but, you know, a defense goes to me as the front seven goes. Um so, I mean, and they have a good front seven. They drafted Jamin Davis, but this defense, like you said, defenses, you know, primes and, you know, time spans don't last that long. And, you know, Ron Rivera knows that this Washington football team is in trouble, you know, if this defense isn't going to step it up and perform. And, you know, this team at best is what now, a six or seven win team, especially since Haneke's in there at quarterback. Um, I don't know. They're in trouble. And they, you know, they might be, well, if it weren't for the Giants, they would be the worst team in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason that they're 
not performing well, and that's perhaps that maybe they're just not that talented. Um, I'm going to say something pretty controversial here, but Chase Young has not been productive this year. He hasn't hit the quarterback yet. Well, you know, I, he hasn't not hit the quarterback. He hasn't sacked the quarterback yet. He hasn't gotten his hands on the quarterback, you know, and that's what they drafted him second overall to do. Um, so, you know, maybe the players are just a little overrated. And yeah, obviously this is a team that needs their defense to play well. If they're going to let up 42, 43 points to the Bills, they're not winning that game. But, you know, part of the reason that it's so hard for defenses to be consistent in the NFL is just because, I think it's more coaching than the players. I look at the defenses that have been consistent, the Patriots, the Ravens, it's all the coaches, right? The Ravens have new players in there every year. We've touched on this. It's, it's all the system. It's all the coach. Same thing with the Patriots. And, you know, I don't think Ron Rivera is at that same level. He doesn't have that same pedigree that like Bill Belichick and Harbaugh have. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's not, it's not too surprising that they fell off when you really look at it. But yeah, Washington's in trouble if their defense continues to play like this. Yeah, no, that they're they're in trouble. All right, and I think that's an this with, with, with Taylor Heineke, friend, dude. With Taylor Heineke, you best believe they're not winning more than seven, seven, eight games. No, that's what I said. And Dallas yeah. has this division on lock. Let's talk about Dallas because they're fortunate enough to play in a division with the Eagles, who short sure, could put up a fight. You know, granted, but we don't expect them to put up that much of a fight. Then the Giants, and then the Washington Football Team. I mean, they really have caught a massive break, Dallas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Heineke is somebody we need to talk about. I was saying this when the Giants played Washington on Thursday night a few weeks back. He looked awful. He threw so many just wobbly, interceptable passes the Giants didn't get their hands on. But then all of a sudden, you know, Buffalo comes around a much more disciplined team and they were making them pay. You know, they got a lot of interceptions. They set up in the red zone a lot. You're giving Josh Allen and the Bills a short field. Obviously, they're going to make you pay. Yep. Heineke is not the answer. And I know he it was fun in the playoffs last year. He had a good game. It was exciting. But man, the, oh. The fact that Washington convinced themselves that this might be the guy, what an utter failure by the front office. Yeah, and they want to lost 43-7, though, because Antonio Gibson had, like, the 75-yard, you know, run screen pass that was so lucky, and then they had, like, the botch kick from Buffalo because of the wind was so bad. Yeah, that, it was that like Hopkins 40, was a really bizarre play. Yeah, 40-mile-an-hour winds, it was crazy, so they, you know, they got lucky with that. So they should have lost like 43-7. I mean, it was it was terrible. Or 14-43, you know, you want to count the Gibson play. It yeah, was I mean, they got beat pretty bad. There's no way around it. The score doesn't really matter. They just, they don't look very competent. I mean, they almost lost to the Giants. If the Giants weren't even more incompetent, they would be 0-3 right now. Yeah. It's true. But let's talk about the Giants now and the Jets as well. The, you know, both New York football teams. The Giants lose 17-14 to on the last second field goal from Young Way Koo on Eli Manning's retirement. Um, day and then the Jets get shut out 26 to nothing by the Broncos on the road and it's just been a typical weekend of New York football I mean for these past five or so years or six or so years our teams you know have won one game I think in the first three or four weeks so and that's combined I think so I mean it's just a disgrace I mean there's nothing really to say about it um, and I think you know as far as, far as the Jets uh, you know go and I think the Giants as well it starts with the top the ownership at the top and, you know, people need to start getting held accountable. Um, I think that, you know, the Giants after this year, they'll probably have a clean, uh, a clean slate. They'll probably fire everybody, Gettleman, you know, Garrett and Judge maybe. But, you know, the Jets, it's just this constant cycle of general managers and owners and head coaches, no, general managers and head coaches, sorry, and they always fail. So maybe it's not them. Maybe it's, you know, something that we don't know. And that's the ownership. And that's what I think it is. And, I, you know, honestly, I'm starting to believe that John Marrow is kind of like a hard head and he's not ready to move on and hire somebody that's outside of the organization, a young mind that, you know, wants to change the culture around the Giants. And I think it's really concerning because this Giants team, since Eli Manning has left, has been 
disgraceful to say the least. And this is a talented team too. There's, you know, it's not like the Jets where there there's not much talent. The Giants have a ton of talent. You know, they almost spent all their money in free agency. You know, they they've had some draft picks. Like this is a talented team. They should be winning games. And they're not. And you know what? Joe Judge deserves some fault for this too because this is supposed to be a disciplined football team. They're one of the they least play with teams. no discipline. Yeah, they, they they are the laziest and most undisciplined team in the National Football League. And if he preaches discipline and he makes them run like their high school football players and they can't even be disciplined out of there, that shows that he's not a good head coach and he deserves to be fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And really quickly, another thing I'd like to touch on with the Giants, they lost Blake Martinez for the season. So it's downhill yeah, from here. Terrible. But, you know, the Giants are in so much trouble. I saw somebody on Twitter, I, I can't remember the name, but one of the, the blue check marks was saying the Giants need to hire an outside, you know, like investigator and really take a look at this organization from top to bottom <laughs> and figure out what's wrong because they don't know what's wrong. They don't know what's wrong. You can fire the new head coach. What is a new head coach going to do next year? The same thing. You know, there's clearly some underlying problem. And, you know, we said this back when Dave Gettleman was hired. Oh, what a surprise. They're going to hire the guy that has ties with the organization. Once they fire Dave Gettleman, you know who the next GM is going to be? It's going to be Kevin Abrams. He's one of the assistants right now. It's so clear as day that as long as things stay the way they are, it's going to be him. And things are just going to be the same for another five years. Another 0-3 start every year. And they'll win five games at the end of the year, make the GM think they're going somewhere when they're not. And it's just disgraceful. I mean, John Mara needs to move on from this team. What he's done is so disgraceful. And during Eli's retirement ceremony, when everybody was booing him, he later commented on it and said, oh, if if we, like, I get it. If I would boo if we were 0-2. And that was just such an out-of-touch statement to me because to me, it makes it sound like he doesn't really understand like how frustrated we are. It's like, oh, we're just 0-2. Yeah, we've been 0-2 for 100 years in a row. We haven't been competitive. We're one of the biggest markets in the world and we can't even compete against the Atlanta Falcons. It's like- he just doesn't get it. It's concerning. It's scary. And dark days are ahead for New York football. Yeah. Can we talk about Kadarius Tony and how when both Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton go down um, in yesterday's game, and now Kadarius Tony is your second best wide receiver behind Kenny Galladay. And what they do is target Colin Johnson. They're their undrafted, their undrafted player, their, their free agent wire pickup, right? Colin Johnson got way more targets than Kadarius Tony and Kenny they, Galladay. They, they signed for seventy-five million dollars. They just do not like Kadarius Tony, but Kadarius Tony's a real problem. His one catch yesterday, he makes a pretty good move and picks up the first down. I thought that was a pretty impressive move. He shaked the defender off and got the first a, down. He's a he human joystick. He's a human joystick. He, they need to be getting the but ball. But they don't even want to use him. Yeah. and this is what I'm saying. You draft. You really draft Kadarius Tony. Just to not even use him. You could have got Rashawn Slater, who's one of the best tackles, um, at least rookie tackles right now in football. He's playing really well with the Chargers. You could have got him. You could have got anybody else besides Kadarius Tony if you're not even going to use him. And then, like, Evan Engram came back yesterday, and he just dropped so many passes. Like They just need fumble. to They just need well, to The come. fumble was disgraceful. He, he just on the NFL roster, and it's clear as day. He's, he's so just big bad. and fast. Like, he's but... so bad. Evan Engram is, is terrible. He just needs to get cut, man. He should. And he, I don't even know how he made the Pro Bowl last year. How did he make the Pro Bowl? They need to trade him. But the issue is when you have a guy like Gettleman, who's obviously like, you know, holding on to his job for dear life right now, he doesn't want to trade for future assets. That's why they need to get rid of, rid of him now, have like an intern GM who's willing to move on from guys like Evan Ingram and maybe even a guy like James Bradbury. Just, just get rid of these guys for third and fourth round picks and just move on towards the future because like, look how much talent, look how much you have invested in this team, and you can't win a football game. But the so problem really none is of it's worth holding on to. With this team, is they they made the wrong decisions this offseason, regardless of what anybody says. I get adding weapons, and that's very important. 
But the offensive line is the most important thing in the National Football League. And outside Mm -hmm. of Andrew Thomas, I don't know if any of these guys should be starters in the National Football League. Dave Gettleman whiffed on that. He thought they were good to go and they weren't. And, you know, that alone is a horrible offense. Anyone with, you know, with a good set of eyes can see that. I mean, we saw it every single week last year. And you know what? Credit to Daniel Jones because he's actually playing pretty decent this year. And he looks, you know, decent. But at this point with the draft pick from the Bears and the Giants draft pick, and they're probably going to be picking high, there's probably going to be a new quarterback new head coach, new general manager. And by the way, we didn't even say Jason Garrett yet because I don't even want to. He's the worst play caller in the National Football League. No wonder why Cowboys fans were happy when the Giants hired him. And there's a reason behind it. Well, obviously, I mean, it's pretty obvious. One of the the most tone-deaf statements ever was when Dave Gettleman said this offseason, like, oh, we were shocked. No team hired Jason Garrett as our head coach. He said, oh, they're just tone-deaf. They really don't understand. They don't understand that people are laughing at them for their decisions. But he thinks Jason Garrett is such a good offensive coordinator that other teams want him. Weren't the Giants like 31st in points per game last yeah, year or something 31st like that? Yeah, other year. teams really want that. It, yeah, exactly. I, I was just about to say that. How do you want a guy who runs the least motion in the NFL when clearly it's a motion, you know, it's the, the league's heading in a motion more style where almost every single team uses way more motion than us. I think we were like literally dead last in, in motion use last year. And it's just like, he's so outdated with his, you know, his play calling and he's just terrible. You know what? That's a good word that you use though. Outdated because the entire giants organization is outdated and it 100%. starts with John Mara. They're way too old school. They refuse to move on. They don't adapt things like analytics. I mean, just look at the way like an organization like the Browns are run. It's so much more modern. And a team that has been horrible for the better part of two decades is now all of a sudden competing for a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, look, I am pissed about the Giants right now. But on the bright side, we have something at least to look forward to, unlike the Jets. And is that we have two top five picks this season. Which is huge, Frank, well, and you know that the, the Browns got two top five picks, picks going anywhere. and they got okay, Baker Mayfield I, and Denzel I actually Ward. disagree. I they think you're wrong. Look at, look at our last three top six picks: Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, and Andrew Thomas. Where has that gotten us? Well, Andrew Thomas has been pretty good. It hasn't so, gotten us anywhere. We aren't winning. I actually games. disagree. The Jets are at least starting over. We at least just restarted. Frank, with- Zach Wilson's not going to be good behind this behind this terrible offensive line. Behind this, you know, there's no receivers. I mean, Daniel the Jones. The Jets is are a- screwed. The Jets are screwed again. At least we have two I top five. Both picks. teams are screwed. I don't know. Like, the- I don't really. I think the Giants are in a worse situation than the Jets, though, because you guys were supposed wow. to be winning games. You're supposed to be winning okay. games. You have all your money invested in guys like Kenny Galladay and Jory Jackson. Meanwhile, your team needs to restart this offseason. By the time you get competent that. again. Those okay, guys but Kenny Galladay, those contracts will be like we can get rid of them after like two years. Like Kenny Galladay, that that's easy to get rid of that contract after two years. I mean, I'm not worried about the contract. And though, you know what? You're gonna what? Like Graf said, you're gonna hire Kenny Abrams, and they're just gonna mess up the draft. Picks that would again. be a mess. Okay, that would so, be really but, bad. But you have no reason to believe they won't do that, though. Is my point. Look, you gotta hope they hire Lewis Reddick or somebody you know, more Wait, modern. Yeah, you, you gotta. Hope. Why would they do that? You gotta hope. They ever you gotta, done? <laughs> we gotta. They've never shown you before proof that they will do that. That's the thing. Where at least the Jets. Okay, we'll re- talk about it when started. we when it gets there. When the time comes, we'll talk Listen, about it. All I'm saying is, Giants fans, we miss Jerry Reese right now. He wasn't the best, but at least he drafted actual football players from time to time yeah, we'll, the team we'll talk about it games. when the time gets there we the, the team was winning games under jerry reese everybody likes to scapegoat him he was the problem we won two super bowls with jerry reese we made the playoffs in 2016 we, we don't we're like thankful to win three games now three games like yeah oh i know god it's just it's just unacceptable all right let's move on to some basketball talk now though we got some <laughs> interesting topics here yeah i'm fired up about the giants but it's whatever um doc rivers talking about uh, Ben Simmons on first take. He was begging for him to return to Philly. He was talking so high on him on first yeah, take. And he came off as kind of desperate. That was um, really bad. That was really desperate. 
several of Sixers players uh, were planning on, on planning on flying out to LA to meet with him, a Tybal, Tobias Harris, and Bede. And you know they want to they want to get Ben Simmons back, but he seems to show no interest. And the reason this is concerning, you know, I know a lot of people like to meme on Ben Simmons and how bad he was in the playoffs, but this is a team in the regular season that with him has a substantially higher win percentage than they do without him. And you know, this is a team that's been a top two or three seed in the Eastern Conference for the past few years. So I think, yeah, they'll be in a lot of trouble if they lose Ben Simmons. You know, a lot of people don't want to admit it. he's still a really good basketball player. He's an elite playmaker and an elite defender. Um, and I think in the right system, he can succeed. And it's going to look really bad on the Sixers when they lose him. Yeah, Joel Embiid kind of trolled Ben Simmons um, during media day. I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, he was asked about, you know, Ben Simmons is like, you know, what he brings to the team and what he wants, uh, what he wants to see Ben Simmons bring to Philadelphia this season if he plays. And Joel Embiid's like, yeah, I've seen the workout videos. <laughs> that would help a lot. And he just like, left it at that. And obviously he's referring to how he shoots threes in the workout videos and, and not in the game. So he said that would help out a lot if he would just shoot the ball. Meaning you know that I don't think that he, I don't think that he's returning to Philadelphia. Like I think their relationship's over. He's saying something chance. like that. No, th- yeah, there's no chance. And it's gone. Training camp starts, I believe today, actually. Training camp. I mean, well, media, media day was, day was uh, yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. So, I mean, listen, and then, he's as good as gone. He's te- he doesn't want his teammates to visit. He won't return calls. I mean, you have your head coach begging on live television for him to come back. There's no chance. He that plays was a back. joke. Yeah. But it's, it depends how far Ben Simmons really wants to go because eventually he's going to start getting fined and stuff. But I think he's okay with that. I really think he's going to force his way out and he's destroyed Philly's chance of any trade value or anything. They had that Malcolm Brogdon trade, I believe. Um, that yeah, they declined, back in June. and then the Warriors won. They wanted the two picks this year, seven and fourteen. Wiseman, Wiggins, and then two more future first. They should have just taken those picks and that stuff this year. They're absolutely insane. They're valuing Ben Simmons to the roof when they realize that he they have no leverage anymore. This guy doesn't even want to return to the team. I mean, I could possibly see him in a similar situation to James Harden, where he shows up again for two weeks and then just kind of says in a press conference, "Like, I get me the see f that. out of here." But I don't know what's gonna like. I don't know. I really. And this seems worse than the James Harden situation. Have we ever really James seen Harden. a whole? I know. Have we ever really seen like a holdout though in the NBA where a guy just doesn't show up for games, like regular season games? I can't even think of the last time that's happened. Well, yeah, I mean, you're it's right. A, it's about to happen, I think. Because... But maybe, maybe it'll be a situation like Anthony Davis when they like weren't playing him. Before yeah, they, they were like, yeah, keep because Anthony Davis kind of did the same similar things. I don't know. I just it's tough. And you know, like you said though, Graf, the Sixers are you know need Ben Simmons. They're gonna be what a, they might be comp- uh, competing for a playoff spot, you know, considering yeah, look, how much Brooklyn better the East has gotten right? if they don't let's, have Ben Simmons. Let's look at each team. Brooklyn better than them, right? Milwaukee's yeah. better than Philadelphia. The this, Knicks are better than Philly. Is this without Ben Simmons? Remember, yes, I got flamed a few weeks ago for saying Chicago is better than Philly without Ben Simmons. Well, Somebody in the okay. YouTube comments flamed yeah. me for that. Yeah, so yeah, he he did. The Bulls and Knicks are better than ben, the Sixers now. Oh, the Bucks Sixers are, without you know, Ben Nets. Simmons. He yes. without, without Ben Simmons. Simmons. Without Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Yes, those the four Hawks. teams are better. Hawks are better. That's five. I think the Celtics might be better. Did you say Miami yet? Miami's better. Miami's that's six. So that's yeah. six. And then Boston is mad. I mean, it could same be with right. the Hornets though. They're mad know. too. But at the same time, and listen, you never know because what if MB gets hurt? He's, I was just gonna say that. What he's if been injury prone in the past? If MB gets hurt, this team is gonna be the bottom three in the East with the Cavs. Well, mm-hmm. let's say he misses like twenty games. They're, they'll be like the ten seed then. They're gonna go three and seventeen in those games if he misses twenty games. I agree. So I don't think they're better than Boston. I think whatever that they they'll get be from a Ben for a playoff spot. Whatever they get from a Ben Simmons trade at this point will not be equal value in terms of winning now. They're 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 gonna get maybe a few future 100%. assets but at this point that those are just going down. They're gonna get less and less the longer they hold this on. 
They should just take so, the John Wall trade. I mean, that's like the, the only thing at this point. The process would, just would, failed epically. They're just they're just in a bad spot. There's just no way around it. Yeah, they it, things have really gone like it, it, things have gone downhill so fast in this. They shouldn't took the Brogdon deal. We we were talking about on the podcast. They should have just took that deal. That was that was the best deal they'll ever get. And people were like, oh, they'll get better deals. No, even that won't. Warriors deal though, like the, the Warriors one. That was a Wise, good deal. like Wiseman and Wiggins. Like it's better than anything that you have like now. Like tremendous value, yeah. Yeah, and then you could have done whatever you wanted with those two picks. Wiseman was still a movable asset because you have Embiid, obviously, but like you could have done something with that. Now you have nothing. What are you gonna get? A bag of chips? You might not even be able to pick the flavor. <laughs> I mean, damn. Uh, that's a clip right there. That's a YouTube. That's a that's a, that's a SSP uh, uh, TikTok clip right there. That, that, that oh, is gold. Oh, <laughs> the sad part is he's right though. They have oh, no leverage. God. They've lost all leverage. Exactly. They don't. That would have been the SSP clip of the year. Because <laughs> they presented by need Ben Simmons. Like nobody needs Ben Simmons, but the Sixers need to get something back exactly. from Ben Simmons. Otherwise, they're just losing. You know, like because you know, even if you're the Warriors now, would you, would you trade Wiggins and Wiseman for him? Because I don't even like. No, the Warriors don't need him. The Warriors are chilling. They got plenty of you know. They have so many players now. They have so many options for the future. Like they don't. They don't. They're not desperate. It's got to be a team like desperate. Minnesota though. But they don't. Like, will they even have to give up D'Lo now? Beasley. They might not. Yeah, no, but Malik Beasley, Nas Reed, that's it. Dude, and then yeah, um. By the way, how much such of an utter failure would that be on Philly's too. part if they traded Ben Simmons? Dude, the Wolves would be so. The Wolves would be solid. They would be a solid team. They would Maybe be not tremendous. playoffs, but play in at least. No, they they, they would thing. be playing. Because I think D'Angelo Russell's yeah. better as like an off ball guard. And then anyway. Anthony Edwards is still developing. Like mm-hmm. the, in that lineup where they have, it would be weird because Ant would run the three. Ant would be the three. D'Lo He's two off the ball. And Ben's like a 6'10 point guard, so that's fine. He could play. Mm-hmm. He could guard the, the point. D'Lo can guard the point guards defensively and the shooting guards, Ben the threes. Oh, so be, that be, would they be, could work that out. That would yeah, be lethal. They, they could figure it out. But at this, and you know, like, they kind of do need the defender, though, too, because D'Lo and Cat really aren't great defenders. So, like, they need that kind of guy to defend as well. At the end of the day, though, the, the Wolves aren't desperate. They can wait. They can hang yeah. on. They don't need to throw everything at Ben Simmons. So, be honestly, fine. His value is only going down even more now because if he doesn't show up to training camp, what if he doesn't start showing up the preseason games and then regular season? It's it's going well, to continue to fall. He's not they need to trade him now. They need to go. Is this they needs need to, to be done two months ago? They need to trade him before the draft. Well, yes. And they didn't. Well, yes, but his value now only decreases day by day. Yeah, look, it just yeah. exactly hundred percent. Well, let's talk about somebody who could be traded, and I know this sounds crazy from just a, a first glance at it, but Kyrie Irving. Um, basically, you know, just a quick summary of this. Due to the NYC, the New York City vaccine mandate um, on athletes, Kyrie Irving, who is unvaccinated, would be Wait. unable to play. What? What's up? Uh, he 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 did not show up to media day today, but he did like he didn't declare, because he's on Zoom. No, he he's unvaccinated. Declare, he didn't declare his vaccination status, but it seems I know, like Frank, he's it's un- so obvious because he he had to go on Zoom because he wasn't vaccinated. It's obvious he he's unvaccinated. And um, that's why he's saying that because if I don't he know, was but vaccinated, he's a, he, he, does, he never be, likes the media and stuff. I, I don't know. I'm not really. I don't know if it's I un- do. He's been. He's been. He's had comments saying that he's an anti-vaxxer. I mean, look, we're not here to shame anyone. Look, we're just talking about you know what the basketball fallout of this is. So we're not political. We're not a political talk show. Um, what we do want to talk about though is how Kyrie Irving, because um, the report was that he is unvaccinated now. There's a slight chance that he could be vaccinated, but I would have to guess based on him not showing up, going to the Zoom call, and then all the reports coming out, all his pre- previous tweets about you know COVID, I would assume it's a pretty safe bet that he's unvaccinated. And because of this New York City vaccine mandate, 
Um, he will not be able to play in any home games for the Brooklyn Nets this season and any games in California. So this would cap his games played at 35 this season because the Knicks games on the road versus the Knicks two times a year, the 41 games in Barclays, and then the um, – well, it would be 36. It would be 36. It would be 36 mm-hmm. because the four teams in California, four road games, two Knicks four, games, yeah, six, yeah, plus mm-hmm. 41. So 47 games, so 35 games max he would be able to play. Okay. And that would pretty much do a lot, especially versus Nets and Lakers finals. Think about it. He's not playing the whole finals. I mean, playoff series. Is, he's out the four games, a seven in the series. This oh. could get real interesting because if Kyrie Irving, guys, let's play a hypothetical world. Are you trading Kyrie Irving if, if he, you know, doesn't get vaccinated before the season starts? Yeah, but didn't he say he'd retire if he gets traded? Yeah, and Kevin Durant's really against it too. But Kevin Durant, so does he want him to play four games? Well, exactly. I guess he so wants does him to Kevin play Durant, just half the Does games. Kevin Durant value winning or does he value his best bud? Like, I don't know. I guess that's up for him to decide. Dude, he's going to play 36 games. He's basically like, oh. Geez. Well, that honestly, that might be a good thing. I'd be okay with that. But the playoffs is where I'd have an the issue. The playoffs would be the problem. Yeah, the regular season. I mean, who knows? Maybe by like April of next year, like maybe like things are different. That's so far yeah, away. agreed. You know? You know what? That's a good point, Graf. It's really that's a good that's a good point. Well, you know what? That's definitely something that the Nets organization is taking into consideration. Mm -hmm. I mean, but like I mean, like maybe he'll apply for a religious exemption, kind of like Andrew Wiggins. Well, Andrew Wiggins didn't. He got declined. Well, he got declined. He got shot down right away. But I feel like that's maybe maybe Kyrie Irving. Maybe the situation's different. I don't really know how they look at that. Yeah, what we know. I feel like that's a little harsh though, because like if you're unvaccinated, can't you still play in the NFL? Like is yeah, you can. It's interesting how you can play in the NFL. I think it's because NBA Jersey, games are indoors. Because it's in New York City, huh? Wait, but then the California team, oh, okay. how does that work with them? Cole Beasley's unvaccinated. He plays in New York for the Bills. So, Ooh, it's, see, it's that's gotta, it's NYC, though. I think it's New York indoors. City. Or maybe it's the NBA, specifically. I'm not indoors. really sure. It, no, it's not the NBA. It's the, it's the States, but it's, it's got to be something athletes, to do with being yeah, no, indoors. It's athlete mandates. Ah. But, Frank, this is NYC vaccine mandate. So, Cole Beasley plays in Buffalo, obviously. So, I think that's fine. But wait, the Rams and Chargers players then have to be vaccinated, I'm assuming? Are they all, like, just fully vaccinated then? Because they're know. in L.A. and they're in a dome. So not really sure. That's I'm not really sure how it that, Yeah, we have to definitely look at, uh, at that more. But I'm assuming they are then, I guess, because we haven't heard much about that. That's interesting. A lot of interesting points on this, this little topic right here. But I don't know. I'm just so – I'm so interested to see, guys. I have a little conspiracy right, right now. And I don't mean to get, like, political, right? We're, obviously, I have a feeling, though – Kyrie Irving, whether he actually does really get it, like really get it or not, the Nets, he's going to pretend like he got it. on te- Before the season starts, whether he gets it, not whether it's like legit or not, they're going to come out and be like, oh, he got vaccinated. Now, I it refuse could be fake, to believe be Kyrie Irving would be able to get away with that. Somebody of his caliber, I just... You don't think... I think that's easy for him because he's a well, star I mean, player. They wouldn't Le- want him to... LeBron got away with not... not exactly. Like he went to a he's party and get away played with guys. like the next day. So Yeah, like, I mean, I hope Kyrie Irving plays. That would just be a real shame if the NBA kept out one of their stars, but I don't know. But maybe... I was also thinking about this on the car right here. I was thinking, okay, that would make sense. But do you think Kyrie wants to portray the message that he got kind of bought in and folded because I think knowing Kyrie like like knowing how Kyrie operates I don't think he would want to like send the message to kids and stuff that he folded in and got the vaccine like I don't think he would want us to be known that he got vac- vaccinated well, that's a good and, like, point too bend I into just, the pressure I just really hope that Kyrie Irving plays this year what a shame that would be 
if he didn't. Well, he, he would he, still play some games. He was, he was so good, though, last year. Like, he was so efficient. He was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Like, he played perfectly in his role last year. And if it wasn't for those, like, injuries, you know, obviously in the playoffs, like, damn, I just want to see them, like, at full potential, all healthy at once. Like, just just once. And if he's going to only play 36 games this year, it's not good for the gelling purposes to, you know, to get ready for the Lakers. He probably will meet them in the finals. And it, it's just – Kind of see, honestly, though, I, I disagree. I don't think they need to really gel. I think him playing only 36 games in the regular season would actually be a good thing. But yeah, the playoffs would just be a disaster if he wasn't able to play, if he missed like half these series. And as you said, versus the Lakers, he'd miss the whole series. Yeah. How, but like, how would his teammate, like, as a teammate of his, like, I would be like, like mad. Like, well, that's I don't why know, it, though. It, it's, it's, it's up to Kevin Durant. He's got a, you know, it's full. It's and James, I mean, I think Harden, same thing. I think but they're going to have to just sit I think down. They respect, I think they respect his, like, because, like, dude, you can't force someone to get anything at the end of the day. No, We're not a political I, talk like, show, obviously. You know, I get not forcing him, but, like, at the same time, like, if you really care about winning a championship and, like, is it really a sacrifice? Like, I don't want to I don't know. Into, Look, like, I, we don't want to get into this stuff yet. Yeah. Right? We are playing on, on a very fine line, but we do know that the Nets are in a tough predicament here with this. Um. They'll figure yeah, so it we'll, out. It'll be we'll fine. See how it plays out. Yeah, and like Graf said, things could change, bro. It's in April, the playoffs. We by then, who knows? Maybe the NYC lifts the, the vaccine. We don't know. Look, we don't know. So things could definitely change. Um, let's get into some talk to us Tuesday. Um, one of our favorite segments on the podcast that recently changed its name um, from Mailbag Monday to Talk to Us Tuesday. We got fifty-six questions as of the recording on the YouTube um, community tab. So. Before each podcast, we'll drop on the YouTube community tab, um, drop questions for us for the podcast. So if you want to, you know, drop some questions for next podcast or next Tuesday, because we won't do it on Friday, um, you know, go there and submit your questions. So the first question we got um, is, let's, let's go to this one. Most embarrassing school story. Now, this is kind of a weird one for me. I, I guess I can go first. Um, most embarrassing school story. Oh man, I can't even. This think is this is tough off the top of my head to think about because like I would have to go back to like what middle school. Well, and here I even can, then, I can help you out really quickly. Senior year of high school, I got flamed by my English teacher because like I gave like a really bad presentation. But, like at that point, <laughs> I was already accepted into college. I didn't care, and he was just grilling me up there, and everybody was laughing at me. But who was that? It was uh, it was I don't should I say I don't want to say his name on the podcast. No, no, no don't, don't say don't, yes, don't. yeah, just, no, don't <laughs> But say he he was not my favorite teacher, and he dude, I got I got suspended. I got. I did so much, like, I don't even want to. He was a knucklehead. He was a knucklehead, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got, does Jamar Chase make a strong case for rookie of the year? Um, Cameron Moore asked on uh, YouTube. Well, yeah. yeah, right? The quarterbacks. Is the rookie like, of the yeah, year. With suck. all the quarterbacks yeah. playing bad, he is the rookie of the year right now. Yeah, probably. I mean, oh, dude, Asante Samuel, like, kind of deserves a shout, though. Like, he's, he's been, been playing really well. Phenomenal. He's mm-hmm. been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this guy asked, what age are you guys? And are you guys siblings? And the replies to this are pretty oh funny. God. He said, why do you want to know that stuff? Is some guy commented. Bro, we one guy get commented, that comment like, sus. all the time. Well, Graf and I are hey, 21. We, we always hit that comment. What do you mean? On TikTok? Are you guys brothers? Are you guys brothers? Are you guys brothers? Oh, I, I, I have like never seen that before, I see to be it honest. all the time. Okay, well, so we're 21 yeah, I mean, and... And I'm 18. 18, so. I'm 18, so, yeah, I mean, and, you know, the siblings, I think, you know, it's whatever. You know, we're causing nothing, me and Frank, and then Graf is obviously unrelated to us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know, whatever whatever that means. Um, uh, what are the Saints to you guys? This is an interesting one from JR. What are the Saints to you guys? So, I guess he's asking how we feel about the Saints right now. 
They're inconsistent because they have Jameis Winston, but when they're on, they're on, and their defense is elite. Yeah, I I think they could almost kind of beat anyone in the NFL when they're on, but we don't know what we're going to get week after week. Because we've seen two dominant performances from them sandwiched in like in the middle, sandwiched between them was just an awful performance. Obviously, there was like some COVID stuff going on there, but you know, they're a team I really want to see a bigger sample size. But their defense is elite. That much I can say. And and they could be a wild card team, right? I, mm-hmm. I think that's a fair a fair statement. A nine to ten win team, possibly. Mm-hmm. I think you know that that's certainly feasible for them. Yeah. Let's talk about. Uh, let's go with, go to this question. This is a pretty good one. Um, I actually just scroll past it. Hold on. Let me let me get this up real quick. But um, yeah, this is a good one. Do you think Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Darnold could be a franchise quarterback for their teams, or are they just one year wonders or three game wonders? I guess we should say that. I would Bridgewater say probably not. Probably not for both of them. We've seen enough of Bridgewater. Darnold's still really young. He's only like Darnold maybe. Darnold maybe, but Bridgewater. Listen, I think Bridgewater. We've seen plenty of. Joe Brady though is like so good. And it's going to be interesting to see like how Sam plays now without CMC for a couple of weeks. And I, I don't know. I'm not 100% sold yet because you're still seeing some of the same mistakes that you've seen from Sam in the past, although he's played a little bit better. But I think Joe Brady has a testament to that. And I honestly think that after this year, he'll be a head coach for someone. And he's one of the brightest young minds, you know, in football. Mm-hmm. I mean, look what yeah, he did with LSU that one that. year. Like, yeah, definitely. Been phenomenal. And then this is a good one from our boy, YQ Dosi, who said, what's the future for the 49ers at quarterback? They have Jimmy G, obviously Trey Lance, and he also added possible Aaron Rodgers trade rumors entering no. 2022. No, so who do you think? Trey, Trey, Lance? Trey Lance? Trey Lance is starting next year. He said it in the question. Yeah, yeah, the future's obviously Trey Lance. You don't draft well, I mean, him through. They're not going to bring in Rodgers. There's no way. Lance Rogers, will be starting. Do you bring him in? I don't think so, right? You, yeah, you don't. Yeah, I, I They can't because they invested too much to Trey Lance. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I mean, and you could see, right? So far, we've seen through three weeks, they're getting him involved in these games. Like he's coming in sometimes on the goal line and stuff, like running the ball. Like he's going to start next year. It's as obvious as can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's been five questions. I'm kind of seeing right now if we could add any more. But to be honest, a lot of these questions we already covered on the podcast. The New York Giants. A lot of people want to talk about. A lot of people said, you know, what are your thoughts on Zach Wilson? Like we've already talked about a lot of these topics. So I think that's a good place to end off on. Um, that's going to be it for the Seeky Sports Podcast Season 3, episode number 73 on this Tuesday, September 28th, 2021. And um, we'll see you guys on the next one on Friday. Um, real quick before, you know, we, we sign off here, do just want to make sure to tell you guys to rate and review the podcast. It really does help out a lot. Drop a five-star on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit that red subscribe button and leave a like on this video that really does help it out. Um, help out your boys. Um, and yeah, I mean, not much for me. Um, another week of, uh, another week, I guess. Right. And then, uh, more football on Sunday, but we get, we got a, we got a podcast. Then we'll talk about the games on Sunday, um, on Friday. So, uh, it's been, it's been real, but, uh, peace fellas. We'll see you in the next one.